Axis Pro Rata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. Brought to you by Silicon Valley Bank. Ideas Bank here. I'm Dan Permack. On today's show, San Francisco delays its so-called IPO tax, and the Air Force warns against storming Area 51. But first, merging man and machine. Three years ago, Elon Musk launched a company called Neuralink with the goal of creating brain-computer interfaces, or BCIs. Here's how he described the company's goal in a recent interview with Axios on HBO. The long-term aspiration for Neuralink was, would be to achieve a symbiosis with uh, artificial intelligence and to achieve a sort of democratization of intelligence such that it is not monopolistically held in a purely digital form by governments and, and large corporations. This week, Musk seemed to take a giant step toward that mission in a Tuesday night live stream whereby he showed off some of the company's technology for the very first time, including an innovation that's called threads, which theoretically would be less likely to damage the brain than would prior BCI technologies. He also said that most of the company's work so far has been in rats, but then let slip during a Q&A that, quote, a monkey has been able to control a computer with its brain, end quote. Yeah, he said that, and he meant that. So the initial goal of BCIs, including at Neuralink, is medical. Doing such things as helping to treat neurological conditions and brain injuries. Uh, think Parkinson's disease or paralysis. But Musk, who has long been fearful of AI supplanting humans as the world's dominant intelligence, also believes that this is a way to get ahead of that so-called singularity. And, of course, make some money in the meantime. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with Axios AI reporter Kave Waddell. But first, this. Have a great idea for a startup? Silicon Valley Bank wants to help you make it a reality. With more than 35 years of experience, they understand the challenges of the startup journey and have created banking and financial solutions to help founders every step of the way. Silicon Valley Bank. Ideas. Bank here. Visit svb.com forward slash next to learn more. We're joined now by Axios AI reporter Kaveh Waddell. You, I assume, watched Musk's presentation on Tuesday night. What was either your biggest takeaway or maybe something that surprised you? Yep. Well, he was about an hour late, so uh, I guess that's uh, characteristic Musk. And yep. uh, he was up there noodling uh, for a while. But it was a, it was a pretty striking presentation. After years of silence from Neuralink, uh, you've got hardware to show off. They brought a whole uh, panoply of scientists and, uh, and, and designers. They had uh, some talk about software. You know, there's two sides to uh, the brain-computer interface. Uh, you obviously have to get something usually into the brain. It's a surgical implant, correct? Yes, what they're doing is, is a surgical implant, and, and one of their, um, their sort of bigger advances is a robot that helps them make those implants more precisely than a human could. You know, I mean, you're dodging blood vessels and all sorts of other things that you don't want to be poking holes in, in someone's brain. So there was an implant tool. There's the actual chip and, uh, and the threads and the electrodes that are going to be uh, recording from and writing from people's brains. Still weird to say. Can you give me a reality check on this to a certain extent? And, and, and I know you're not a medical person, you're an AI person, but on the medical side of this, which is a tougher thing here? Is it the AI? Is it the software slash hardware piece? Or is it the healthcare piece? Putting this in somebody's brain, as you say, dodging all those blood vessels and all the other important things that are inside of our heads. That's a great question. I've been asking that of uh, brain-computer interface uh, researchers and uh, professionals for the past week or so. And you hear different answers. Basically, they're both really hard problems. Getting the information out is the focus of uh, a huge push from DARPA right now. They've been putting millions into this uh, for a couple of years, and they're looking even at ways of doing this non-invasively, which is to say either not going into the brain but sitting inside your skull or even trying to extract information from outside your skull. 
You mentioned DARPA, obviously, which is not related to Neuralink. Musk obviously soaks up all the attention and all the oxygen because he just always does because of who he is. How big is this, whether you want to call it industry or research area? Are there a lot of different groups working on BCIs? There are, and there have been for a while. It's been an academic uh, field for you know a decade or two. It's kind of reached maybe in the past five years or so the point where it's become a space of interest for investors and, and the private sector. And Neuralink certainly isn't the only uh, startup working on this, although uh, they've got the Musk power, which uh, attracts the spotlight. You've got Kernel, Paradromics in San Jose, uh, a French company called Nextminder. There's a number of private companies that are working on this, but the academic community has existed for a while now. The difference is that the academic community is is more focused on using brain-computer interface for solving health issues that have been totally intractable, things like uh, addressing nerve damage, you know, even paralysis, brain diseases like Parkinson's. There's all sorts of things that would require really uh, getting into the brain. And, and there's a technology called deep brain stimulation that is currently in use. There, there are patients with implants inside their brain for deep brain stimulation that helps control the effects of Parkinson's. That technology is kind of an electrical current stimulator, correct? Or am I totally off on that? That's right. The electrodes in the brains are helping basically control the way that the neurons fire inside these patients' brains, and, and they do that with, uh, with electrical impulses. So there are other ways to do it. There are people uh, researching how to use uh, you know, even light to stimulate neurons and, and get them to fire in a different way. It's an early enough stage where the, it's kind of like a lot of different technologies are still on the table. You know, I've been hearing about ultrasound and lasers from outside the skull. There's a lot of ways to get into this, but it's still, even from Neuralink, even on Tuesday night when they were giving the presentation, there were more details than we've heard before about how they're going to go about it, but still a lot of questions uh, floating around about how they will actually reach some of the really reach goals. Uh, you know, they're talking about curing paralysis. They're talking about, and that's just in the medical side. They want to, Musk is talking openly about telepathy, about merging with AI, you know, very Muskian things. There's no easy path from here to there. I understand how this in theory or something like Neuralink could become a business, right? Indeed, if you're able to say cure or seriously remedy something like Parkinson's, it makes sense, right? There's a business there, mm -hmm. just like really any biotech. But Musk seems to have much bigger things on his mind. He, he almost seems to view that business kind of as a bridge to what he ultimately wants, which is, and I can't believe I'm saying this in all seriousness, but I think I am, right? Cyborgs. He, he wants to create cyborgs to, in his mind, get ahead of AI. Can you just finally explain that to me? How does it get humans ahead of AI, ahead of the singularity, if the way you're doing it is basically having software right onto your brain, and that might be AI software itself? It, it almost seems like a way to control human behavior, potentially, more than getting ahead of AI. The idea is maybe rather than getting ahead of AI, then, you know, at least staying neck and neck. You know, this is Musk's bugbear. This is always what he's, uh, what he's talking about. You know, he's, he's saying, forget nukes, forget all of these other uh, seemingly existential threats to humanity. The thing that he's really worried about is, you know, rogue AI, something computer programs becoming so super intelligent that they leave humans in the dust. Obviously, these are pretty science fiction ideas and not about to happen anytime soon, but this is the scale on which Elon Musk likes to think. Finally, you're younger than me, so let me ask, uh, assuming you live a nice full life, will you at some point be able to think about something and have it, something happen on a computer and it happened? Basically, telepathy. Will you think, oh, I want to write this and it shows up in the computer. Oh, I want my car mm -hmm. to drive and the car drives. Is that going to happen in your lifetime? I would imagine that it would be medically possible in my lifetime, yes. 
Kava Waddell, thank you so much for joining us. My final two, right after this. Ping pong tables, kombucha on tap, and open floor office plans are nice, but your startup will need more to succeed. With Silicon Valley Bank, you'll get a banking and financial partner with more than 35 years of experience helping founders move their bold ideas forward faster. Silicon Valley Bank, ideas, bank here. Visit svb.com forward slash next to learn more. Now it's time for my final two. And first up is San Francisco, where voters have been expected to weigh in this November on a possible corporate tax increase for local companies that IPO, uh, specifically tied to employee stock-based compensation. And this was going to be retroactive to just a few days before Uber went public because, well, of course it was. The measure, though, is now being pushed back a year to the 2020 ballot, in part because the language itself was pretty poorly drafted with no one quite able to figure out if it applied only to companies going public or to all stock-based compensation. But the bigger problem might have been that the bill directed proceeds to affordable housing initiatives and, under San Francisco rules, that meant it needed a two-thirds majority to pass. The revised bill will also allow proceeds to be used for general city purposes, thus pushing that threshold down to a simple majority, you know, 50.00001%. And finally this morning, the U.S. Air Force is warning people to stay away from Area 51, the Nevada test site long rumored to hold aliens or UFOs. And why is the Air Force doing so? Well, because of a kind of sort of joke group on Facebook, which created a Storm Area 51 event set for 3 a.m. on September 20th. The basic idea? They can't stop all of us at once if we rush the place. And when I say all of us, more than one million people have said they're interested. The only real question now is if the Air Force will use some of that super secret alien technology to keep folks away. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producer, Tim Shovers, have a great national lollipop day. And we'll be back on Monday with another Pro Rata podcast.